Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Thursday, January 25th, 2024, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm your host, Jen Sanasi. Let's get right into the show. First, I'll be passing it off to our producer, Eleanor Paul, to read out today's markets updates. According to Coindesk Indices, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, Bitcoin was trading down slightly, dropping below the 40k mark to $39,867. Ether fell over 1%, sitting at $2,210. Notably, the Coindesk Indices Ether trend indicator dropped from uptrend to neutral yesterday, for the first time since October 24th. According to Amber Data, options tied to Ether show bias for price weakness over the next three months. Today's mover in the Coindesk market index is Slawcoin, ticker SC, down 30% on the day. And in traditional markets, the Nasdaq was up 0.3% yesterday, while the S&P 500 rose slightly, notching a fourth straight day, closing at a record high. Lastly, in commodities, the Brent crude oil benchmark rose, trading at $80.65 a barrel. Data shows U.S. crude stockpiles fell more than expected yesterday to a five-month low, as winter weather disrupted refinery operations. Meanwhile, gold was trading at $2,015 an ounce. Now, back to Jen. For more on the market's action, let's bring in Senior Portfolio Manager at New Edge Wealth, Ben Emmons. Welcome to the show, Ben. Hi, Jen. It's great to be back. Thank you for having us. All right. We're sitting here in January this month. How are you thinking about allocating a portfolio? Yeah, it looks to be an uncertain year. And I think that's what this month is showing. You know, we have good economic data and bad economic data, and that's sort of reflected in the markets. I think above that, you have also the the uncertainties that are developing in, in the Middle East and are developing here domestically. You know, the election is now getting a bit on the way, right? So it starts to affect markets. So I'm of the view that you should be a bit offense, defense. You know, we, um, you know, we like financials, the banks. We like, we like to be in emerging markets. We like to uh, look at technology. That's, that's still a really good sector to be in. But we're a little bit careful on the small caps. Right? I remember last quarter was such an incredible uh, rally in that sector with all this belief of soft landing and those things. 
Not that we don't think that there won't be a soft landing. In fact, we believe there's no recession whatsoever, but it's the small caps are, I think, are highly sensitive to interest rates, what happens, and that's, I think, unfolding. Interest rates are still going to be higher. So I think you you have to have a more portfolio that's driven by, yeah, companies that deliver high growth, even though they're trading at high multiples currently, against also uncertainty that you have to keep in mind. So other things like Bitcoin or gold play a role too, I think. So it's a bit of a mix of all of those. From a geopolitical perspective, what are you watching closely? What do you think could most deeply affect markets, let's say in the first quarter? Well, one, it, it will be as always the Federal Reserve because all the hype and, and attention to the to the March meeting about whether they will they not cut rates. That's that's sort of that is obviously the narrative dominance, but and I think it it dominates the narrative so much that it it's actually taking away attention from things that that are happening in the Red Sea, right, which is ongoing attacks there now. Um, there's, it seems to be somewhat broadening in the region. There's, there were you know, developments with um, Pakistan and Iran overnight that got very little attention, but yet is actually another step of escalation. Um, then you know, what's going on in China? You know, they're trying to stabilize the economy, but it isn't really working as well as they would have hoped for. Uh, a lot of thoughts about that China would re-accelerate with its economy. That doesn't seem likely. In that story is, again, the, the trade tensions that are coming back to the attention of markets. You know, if, if Trump becomes the next president, um, it, it will be a, a more inten- intensified trade war. And that's that's something that will be discounted ahead of time. Lastly, it's more our own domestic economy. We have a lot of stimulus in the economy and the economy seems to be holding in. So will inflation actually this quarter see some sort of a bottoming process? Yes or no? That would be very critical. A lot of people believe we're, we're way past and we're going to only going to go down with inflation, but that could that could change if the economy holds up this way. You said something interesting a little earlier on is that you don't think a recession is coming. I know Vanek put out a report late last year that said that they do expect a recession uh, and we'll start divided on this. Why don't you expect a recession to hit the U.S. this year? Well, it, it really comes down to the fiscal stimulus that has been on an ongoing basis, pushed, quote, unquote, pushed into the economy. You know, there's some real-time data on this. We're basically on, on, on a daily basis, we're spending anywhere from 80 to $150 million of fiscal stimulus, just through infrastructure projects, through uh, the CHIPS Act, through the Infra- uh, Inflation Reduction Act. It's just ongoing spending, and it's across the country. And this is already is having a productivity effect. And so in that and you can kind of tell from weekly jobless claims as one of the best indicators of where the labor market currently is. There's just no change in, in, in any deterioration there. Uh, in other words, we don't see any significant rise in jobless claims. If anything, they're, they're, they're declining again. So I think the economy really would have to confront a, a different political environment where spending is dramatically cut and where as high rates are still with us at this moment and really start to affect the economy more than it have done so far. And that's just not happening. I think in this political year, there's not going to be much change in in this fiscal spending pattern that we're seeing because neither the Democrats nor the Republicans wants to make any kind of change. So I think the economy holds up. Um, No matter what happens to China or what happens to elsewhere, the US economy is very driven currently by, by fiscal spending. 
You also mentioned the upcoming elections. I know you wrote in a recent newsletter about ETF baskets balancing out during those elections. Talk to us a little bit more about what you mean there. Yeah, back in in 2016 and also in 2020, people were trying to trade the presidential election through a basket of stocks and was really focused on a new president comes in with a big agenda. That's what Trump did in 2016 with deregulation, infrastructure spending and tax cuts. And, and Biden came in with much more of like a, you know, a green agenda, if you will, and, and, uh, and other infrastructure items. And there's certain particular sectors in the, in the stock market that, that start to anticipate that, that, you know, what could happen under the presidency. But I was looking at this saying, it's probably a little different this time, you know, because both of both cases that has been in markets now for some time, it's really clear what Trump will do when he comes into the into office. Uh, what probably people were trying to figure out is how much is the, the, the universal tariff that he proposes, uh, which he can do through executive order, how will that really impact the economy? Probably not good, but there will be some companies and sectors that could benefit from this because all the tariffs will raise prices and those companies will make more profit. So you could think of anything that is related to technology or, or, uh, or electronics or other types of items that way, those companies will probably make more money. On the other hand, you know, it's a binary outcome. Right? So, so it's not guaranteed Trump will win. So if Biden does win, probably a lot of the spending that we're seeing will continue. Um, and, 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 and how much will really change is, as in 2025, we have the debt ceiling, uh, what will then happen? So if I summarize that and say, I'd rather just play more like a, a thematic idea of what I call best, as in, you know, you, you have certain parts of the market like banks that could benefit from an environment where rates are more stabilized and there's so much more liquidity and more attention to bank regulation. On the other hand, you, you want to not forget about technology because that's a really important driver of markets. And there's not much of a material change there in terms of government regulation. Rather, these companies are, are generating significant growth and earnings. So that's something to stay in. And I think if you do, Sectors like that, you kind of play this election year until we actually get the outcome and then we know <laughs> what's going to happen. And it's not often these days that I chat to someone and we don't bring up that spot Bitcoin ETF approval in the United States. So I got to ask you, uh, what's your outlook for Bitcoin after the spot Bitcoin ETF approval? Well, it should be bullish because, you know, if, if, if you're getting more of these products online, all of them have to accumulate Bitcoin in order to run the fund, right? There will be some exposure in futures, but again, it's all, you know, reflecting Bitcoin. So I would only expect the, the price of Bitcoin over time to go up. People obviously look at the limit of how many Bitcoins are, are outstanding, right? So we're going to hit that limit. I don't know when exactly, but at some point this year, perhaps, if, if, if more and more money comes into the asset class, because one thing that people are looking at now is that it used to be maybe you and me doing crypto trades and playing this on an, on an exchange, like the actual physical Bitcoin, but now the institutions will come in and start buying Bitcoin ETFs. Um, even in our space, in the wealth management, people will look at Bitcoin ETFs as a diversification. And as that, all that money comes into those funds, they may put that in treasury bills for, temporarily, but they're going to start accumulating Bitcoin in order to have it you know, representative of the assets, right? So, and obviously you get other crypto too that will, will likely probably at some point at, at, at Tether or either ETF as well at some point. So I do think that it, it is a, it's a bullish outcome for, the, for, for Bitcoin, really because of institutional money coming in 
And that itself leads to more accumulation of Bitcoins, which is ultimately a scarce asset. Ben, thanks so much for joining Markets Daily today. You're welcome, Jen. Thank you very much. I was Senior Portfolio Manager at New Edge Wealth, Ben Emmons. Thanks for tuning in. For more interviews and macro news on the digital asset space, check out Coindesk's First Mover, also hosted by me, Jen Snassi. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, alongside senior booking producer Melissa Montanez and executive producer Jared Schwartz. I'm your host, Jen Snassi. We'll be back tomorrow with more Markets Daily. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.